Hello and welcome to the One Football Podcast. Neil Warnock is pro Brexit. Yeah, Neil Warnock's probably pro a lot of things <laughs> and, and anti even more. <laughs> yeah. He's also a qualified. Ch- uh, is it chiropodist? Really? He can look after your feet. Is that chiropodist? Yeah. Neil Warnock. Yeah, I think so. Why? Wow. Oh, he's a football well, coach. Like you know, like feet. Are feet what very they important work. for football. <laughs> they say if this is like the Shot depth down, of what we're the level of expertise yeah, yeah, that yeah, people yeah, have is, uh, been tuned in for, obviously, wow. be great. I think it is. I mean, if I, I don't think I've libeled him by saying that. We'll go, uh, we'll, I don't think it's libelous anyway. No, it's we'll, a good thing to have a qualification. We'll do a bit of no. cool, yeah. You know, because I don't think he'd be upset. The, the managerial game has changed, Lewis. You know, you can't. Yeah, you can't. You're not just it's in not, not like it used to be. Apparently I would love not. If someone is just right now updating his Wikipedia page and just it's out there. Now. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I heard it on the one football podcast. No, he's definitely like, or he's either, he's either that or whatever it is to do with uh, the the hand equivalent of a chiropodist, or maybe. Sh- is Shropolis just feet? Ah, who knows? Oh, Come no here. We should crack on with this before we keep talking. Yeah, please. <clears throat> anyway, joining me, Ian McCourt, on today's One Football Podcast is Matt Froelich. Hello. Lewis Ambrose. Hello. And Helga Volton. Hi. Should you wish to get in touch and tell us your fun fact about Neil Warnock, <laughs> uh, or send over any other questions you address to do so as podcast at onefootball.com. Uh, Matt, mm-hmm. we've no Francesco this week. No. So you have, yeah, it is, it's always a shame, isn't it? So you have very big boots to fill. Very big boots, because you're stepping in for our transfer window. On the transfer, yeah. Um, First off, we have Edison Cavani to Chelsea. Yeah. What's, what's... Officially, there was a loan offer from from Chelsea. I think (laughs) the, the slight issue that makes this really odd is that PSG are holding out for a transfer fee. For Edison Cavani, if they're to sell him now, I, th- I think they told Atletico Madrid twenty-five million, I believe. They kind of want a bit of money for him, and if they were to loan him out, they'd get a five million pound loan fee for Cavani, and then just lose him on the free at the end of the season. So it make no sense that they'd they'd accept it um, from this end. From Chelsea's end, it does make sense. Mm. If Tammy Abraham's going to be injured longer than Lampard thinks, if and as you spoke Giroud before, is off. if Giroud is to leave and then they want someone more experienced to play up front, as clearly Batshuayi is just, whenever he's given a chance, apart from I think one goal he scored against Ajax, I believe, in the Champions League. Apart from that, he just can never take his opportunity. Mm. So I think it would work from Chelsea's end, but I'm not so sure PSG are going to go for it. It really, really wouldn't make any sense. Um, from the players' camp, it's pretty clear he wants to go for Atletico from his mum. His mum gave an interview. His mum gave an interview mm. and said that the whole family has been sort of banking on moving to Madrid. <laughs> so <laughs> Ringing endorsement for Paris. Yeah, there. I guess okay. PSG, you know, the mums seem to be having their way, certainly last year with Adrian Rabiot. Well, his, what was that? His mum making all sorts of headlines. Oh, just having a go at the club and this and that. And then eventually he was moved to the under-23s for the rest of the year oh, yeah. before moving to Juve. So... Yeah, <clears throat> from Chelsea's point of view, it makes sense. I, I'm not sure PSU go for it because they wanted money last last I heard. What do you think your mum would say about you if she gave an interview? Uh, leave him alone, he's a really nice boy. Or something really sort of soppy. <laughs> <laughs> that would make me really embarrassed. Or she'd like hug me in the front of the press conference or something. Somebody else <laughs> did something weird with their mum in a press conference. Was it Kanye West, maybe? Kind of that sounds it. like a Kanye. He read like a poem to her or something like that? Depends on the poem. Yeah, but it was about her, was or maybe rap? it was a song. He wrote. A, he might have wrote a song about her. Well, he did. Oh. That's likely. <laughs> yeah, it is very likely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But to, yeah, but I think the fact that he was reading it out in a press conference was a little mm. bit unusual. Pro, let's say. Uh, there was a bit of talk of him going to Spurs, Matt. Yeah, I think people, certainly uh, journalists, kind of put two and two together. Basically, anyone who's got an injured striker seems to be popping up alongside Cavani. Spurs with Kane and Barcelona with Suarez and United with Rashford, although apparently he said no to United. Mm-hmm. It's kind of, I don't think there's any truth in it. Okay. So how are you going to fill it's that Harry one. Kane-shaped hole up front? That is the big question, which I feel like Daniel Levy 
is ignoring and is not prepared to answer, which is what is the most frustrating for Spurs fans. Um, William Jose from Real Sociedad is the latest one linked. Apparently he was going to come on loan because their buyout clause was 60 million euros or something for him. Mm. Which, you know, he's got, I think, a one in three ratio in La Liga of scoring. 60 million? Yeah. For a, and he's 28 years old. So you're never going to get more from 60 million from selling him on. So mm. why not spend that 60 million on, you know, apparently Chichov Piontek from AC Milan's available for 30 million? Islam Slimani, it says in my script. Yeah. Uh, there was uh, someone. Um, yeah, that's, that's a shocker. Smooth, think, yeah. produ- <laughs> smooth production. Then. Brent, mm. Brendan Rogers. Um, said that there was some difficulty getting him back from his loan at Monaco to then go and sell him on again. Yeah, because Aston Villa were, were yeah, linked to Aston him. Aston Villa yeah. wanted him, but they couldn't they couldn't get him back from France for some part of the deal or whatever, or they'd have to pay to remove him early. Mm. I, he seems like more of an Aston Villa signing than a Tottenham signing, right? Yeah. Islam Slimani? Uh, we have different views on Tottenham. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's also like the idea of like him replacing Harry Kane, like uh, filling that... All I, he could not if he. All, all I do know is that Spurs need to sign somebody because what they do now is they have four defenders, one holding midfielder, and then five attacking midfielders who all play the same position, and no one knows which position they're playing. Roma did it for a while. They went a couple of seasons where they had top striker, just oh. played Toddy as that false nine. I think, like, I think, fine. I think it's all right. But then, like, if Song gets injured, then yeah. you're completely screwed. So. Sp- Spurs have five number tens on the field at once. <laughs> Who are the five? Spurs have Jensen Fernandez, Ali, Son, Mora, Lamella. They can throw Ericsson in there if he stays. That's six. Lo Celso is yeah. seven. And Dombele could probably play a bit further forward is eight. Spurs have eight of the same guy. <laughs> none of them are a defensive midfielder and none of them are a striker. They're all just in and around doing the same thing. It's awfully confusing. And Mourinho has ruled out the Irish, soon-to-be Irish legend, Troy Parrott. Yeah. I read an interesting theory on this the other day and it would seem like a Mourinho thing to do. So he spoke about Parrot being 17 mm. and not having, you know, not being ready yet, which is fine. There's a Phys- few physically ready, I think yeah. he meant. Yeah, yeah. Um, compared him to Tanganga, who's three years older and has more experience, that he doesn't want to play Parrot in case he does well. And Daniel Levy turns around and says, ah, you know what, we'll be fine without Kane, we'll just stick with Parrot. So he's almost forcing the issue of making it blatantly obvious that there are no strikers at Spurs and Levy needs to sign one. That doesn't sound like a Mourinho tactic at all. It's <laughs> really unusual for him. It would be awful if an academy player did well. Wouldn't it? Yeah. But you know what I mean? To then be like, okay, Troy, we've got the FA Cup, Champions League, and get us into the top four for the next five months. Have fun. It's a bit, it's a bit of pressure on a 17-year-old. Mm. I'm all he, for him doing well, but... He, I mean, he was banging them in for all the other underage sides and everything like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But, I mean, yeah, it's a bit of a step up. Okay. Lewis, uh, your team, Arsenal, and Jerome Boateng. That seems... I mean, you need a central defender. Yeah, Helga's just put the facial expression <laughs> that, that I was pulling, which is great for a podcast. Okay, yeah, um, perfect for a podcast. camera here, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah no. this link's been about for a bit, actually. Let's sort of the beginning of the month it came up and then it sort of disappeared again and now it's back again. Now that Audrey Zola's joined uh, from Real Madrid means that Benjamin Pavard can play at centre-back and Bayern don't really need Boateng. He's just sort of nudged another place down the pecking order at centre-back I mean they already have Lucas Hernandez waiting to come back from injury and David Alaba and Javi Martinez have been playing there recently so uh, yeah Jerome Boateng Bayern Munich have made extremely clear is not (laughs) wanted anymore um Basically, and they've been doing that for like the last three windows in a row. Nobody's bit yet, which I think tells you the whole story, to be honest. He might be an upgrade for you at the moment. Would uh, you take him on like a sort of short term loan? Well, yeah, maybe, but would Bayern Munich let him go on loan? I, I, I think his wages would be enormous, even on loan. I just think there is no way that Arsenal can't find somebody better and younger <laughs> and with the space to improve and would just like it would just be the laziest most short-sighted way of going about trying to improve the defence I think go, go and get a guy that's looked way off his best for the best part of two and a half years and now. also he's he's deteriorating fast yeah, the last yeah. one and a half years have not been great like he's injured injury prone also like he's slow now like after all the injuries he had like maybe he could help for half a year but like anything else is, is 
out of the question. He's been completely mm. off the pace. I mean, he's yeah. not played that often for Bayern Munich this season. And even in the few games that he has played, he got completely burned by Milot Rashica when you watched your beloved Werder <laughs> Bremen there. Mm. Um, he got sent off in Frankfurt and then Bayern went and lost 5-1 in Frankfurt. He's, he's so slow. He's so slow to turn now. And obviously he was quite fast before. And I think you often see defenders that are quite fast lose their pace and then positionally they're all over the place because they've never had to learn how to read the game quite as well or where to be quite as well because their pace makes up for it um, now that he's physically not able to dominate opponents the, it's just sort of he looks so out of his depth playing for Bayern Munich whenever he does play now Oh, poor Jerome yeah it's just destroyed like that wow yeah Wow. First from Lot Richards, uh, now by us. <laughs> yeah, by the yeah. World Football Podcast. Damning indictment. Uh, Bruno Fernandes, Manchester United. Is this actually, this is not going to happen, is it? They're still talking about a fee. Still I thought this complete... was agreed, no? Like 60 million or 80 million or whatever. Yeah, no, this not not agreed. Certainly the latest that I've, I've seen is they're just still arguing over the stupid fee because it's clear that Fernandes wants to go and... Well, you know, Clear United this, need somebody. Yeah, this is Man United. Apparently, they bid thirty million for a sixteen-year-old from Birmingham. So, you know, if he's worth thirty million, Bruno Fernandes is probably worth a lot more. They spent eighty million on Maguire. Sporting know that there's more to. They can squeeze more out of United and don't want to let him go for <laughs> sixty million odd. Eighty million on Maguire. <laughs> <laughs> what happened? I totally forget it was eighty mm. million. Oh well, at least he's club captain now. He is, isn't he? He's club yeah. captain. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in his first game, was it the second game? Last night, Chris Wood no, just yeah, the second. burned past him. That well-known speedster, Chris Wood. Chris Wood. Oh, known for his speed. Of course. Yeah. yeah. Uh, apparently, Chelsea and Liverpool are in the tug-of-war over Timo Werner. That's mm. fake, isn't it? Uh, well, he won't go anywhere in January, but no. maybe in the summer. Oh, you don't think he'll be there next season? Are Leipzig, I, Leipzig are just going to win the league and then I, sell off their best players? I mean... I think it's a clause. Yeah, yeah. a buyout clause. So you, I don't yeah. know if it's actually next season already. I think it is. But at some point, he has like the club doesn't have anything to say if he wants to leave or not. And that's how, like, how much is it? Do we know? I think so that's it's, 60 million. I, I think it's the decreasing room. as well over yeah. time. But yeah... yeah. He he um he was his contract was going to run out at the end of this season. Mm. They renewed it last year, so they had to put a release clause to convince yeah. him to sign the so new like deal under the promise that he could leave for a reasonable price. Um, and even if they do win the Bundesliga, I just think moving to Bayern just seems like a he won't go to like Bayern though, will he? Thing. No, they've sort of been distancing themselves yeah. from. Signing him recently, Salihamidzic just said that yeah. he doesn't really fit because they, I think they could go there as as a winger maybe, and then like you know with his speed could yeah. actually be be helpful. But they see him as a pure striker, like as a number nine, and there they are like, okay, we have Lewandowski first, second of all. He is someone who needs space, speed to get into like the the chances and like the goals that he uh, like the situations that he needs. Uh, whereas at Bayern, he's always like more often playing with his back towards the goal, and like he has to like, keep the ball. And like Lewandowski oh, yeah. is way more apt to to actually do that instead of him. And mm. that's like the trouble they see in but why they don't go for him. That's, that's more or less it. A couple of accusations that he's a bit of a flat track bully. Uh, is that a bit unfair on him? Yeah. Oh okay. Well, there you go. Um, what like uh, this always? This stuff like having Lukaku like mm. this stuff always comes around when people score loads of goals. Sod it, he scores loads of goals. Mm. What do you want him to do? Not score against the bottom half of the table <laughs> and then score in big games? <laughs> like oh look, it's easier to score against Augsburg than against Bayern Munich. What a surprise! <laughs> look, I don't get it. I never no, get it. I think the only thing, thing is like really a good team has to look at because you see that at um, the German national team a little bit. He's he's struggling way more over there. Could also be different different topics so, like that he doesn't know the players he's playing with or like the, the system is not as um, as like uh, he's not as used to it you know all these things he could adapt to it we don't know that but you can see that there is a, like a kind of trouble when they when he's playing for a more possession oriented hmm. team maybe Liverpool suits him better see I'm not convinced Liverpool suits him better but really the speed they play at though and the pressing, like yeah. counter pressing, all of that. I mean, Liverpool said that they were keeping tabs on him, but I, everyone can keep tabs on him. I mean, he's playing. I'm keeping he's tabs playing, on yeah, him. Yeah, like everyone is the biggest. What does that actually mean? Yeah, like you just you're watch watching the highlights, highlights every week. <laughs> yeah. Like so are we. I don't think it actually means much when they say that. Okay, uh, Matt, did you know that Helga's famous? 
Uh, I did not. Okay. I am not now honoured to be in your presence. <laughs> mm. Did not either. He got a mention on the uh, the German equivalent of Match of the Day the other day. Ah. Is that not true? That is true, yeah. Yeah, one of, your, one of his I tweets was, appears. I was surprised, yeah. <laughs> Did you then get, like, tons of new followers from it? Uh, no, like 20, oh. maybe. That's not bad. It's not tons, yeah, but... Like, yeah. <laughs> from, from one, it's not zero. <laughs> yeah. It's not zero, it's not yeah. tons, but you know, yeah, I got <laughs> some. But uh, it's Sports Show, right? Yeah. yeah. Which means oh. if Sports Show is back, the Bundesliga is back. That is true. Well, what what a segue. Isn't that good? Wow. <laughs> You've ruined it now, but it's okay, it's okay. Uh, Keen Gavin has been in touch about this and he asks, Do you think Erling Haaland will have an impact on the Bundesliga title race? We probably already did, <laughs> like, I would say. Uh, I mean, there was those were three points that wouldn't have been there other way. Yeah, he won because Dortmund's still letting three goals in Augsburg, so they're not gonna be in the Bundesliga title race. But no, I think the for those who missed out, just talk talk them through what happened last Saturday because it was pretty cool. Well, yeah, it was. <laughs> Lewis could probably do that better because he he watched it live, I, I assume. Mm. But like, it was um, they they were down three one, I think, when he got on in the fifty sixth minute. Then he scored a brace. No, he scored a goal. Then they they equalized, and then he scored again uh, for the four three. And then in the end, like, he scored the uh, final goal for the 5-3 and yeah like within like half an hour basically turned the game around 19 year old kid yeah it's pretty impressive <laughs> pretty impressive yeah. I would say how much did you enjoy it Lewis I did enjoy it you know sometimes like I was actually a little bit annoyed when Dortmund equalized <laughs> like you know you sort of feel like you idiots <laughs> like now you play like you the game was so far gone that you waited until then to turn it around and now we're probably only going to get a point that is so stupid um but I definitely enjoyed the fourth and the fifth goals yeah it, it was uh Obviously, people get very excited when you, whenever a new signing arrives, especially when you come with the hype of Haaland and yeah, to, to sort of just take that on his shoulders and just 3-1 down off the bench, please go and save us. And to actually just go ahead and do that is mightily impressive for someone his age. <laughs> he, he reminds me, like his personality, which is not something I'm necessarily fond of, but he reminds me a little bit of Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Mm. Like he came off the bench and after the game he was asked, um, asked on Sky Sports, like, are you ready to start? Like, do you feel like you're ready to, to start and to play 90 minutes? And he just said, well, did you see what I just did? <laughs> just like <laughs> That's quite a good answer. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, At least he didn't talk about himself yeah. in the third person. Not yet. Yeah, Not yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in terms of debuts, a 19-year-old coming off the bench, scoring a hat-trick, turning the game around for a team. That's pretty impressive. Can, I, can you think of anything better? I, li- I like Bayern's reaction to it on Twitter when they were just going like, oh, it's not five goals in nine minutes. You know, like Lewandowski yeah. thing. It's like, seriously, oh, hurt. really now? Like, it's in their heads. Yeah, yeah. At that age, the only thing that I was... I could. I thought of at the weekend was um, obviously Wayne Rooney's hat trick mm. on his cha- on his Man United debut mm. in the Champions League. Uh, I think he was also nineteen at the time, probably. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and even before that, at the Euros from Rooney. Yeah. Was like four goals yeah. in two games at the group stage. Mm. Yeah. So like, obviously, stuff's happened before. I can't quite remember somebody at that age coming off the bench um, on a debut and rescuing. The yeah. Team. The, the thing is, there's a difference between being sort of unknown. And then you just come out of nowhere and it's like, wow. But this is like, people expected something. Mm-hmm. This isn't like you can play without pressure. And if it goes by, people say, oh yeah, blah, 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 made his day. He's, he's 19. Now. Yeah, he's yeah. just 19, give him yeah. time. This is like, everyone wants you. This is, you know, big money, probably in terms of Bundesliga, it's probably not big Premier League money. Um, but, you know, to come on and then like prove everybody right, he's, unfortunately, he set the bar very high for himself. So anything <laughs> less than four goals next match is... But he but yeah, started, just, he had 60 minutes more. Like, yeah. what he That's the thing, 3-1 down. Is like, sometimes yeah. you watch a game and a, and a team's two or three goals behind and then they put a big player over, like maybe he was injured a few weeks before mm. or something, and they put him on the pitch and then you almost feel bad for them. Like, I remember times I've watched games and, you know, some like Barcelona will rest Messi and then there'll be a goal down and put him on. It's like, oh, that's a bit unfair like oh come on go save us but yeah. for a 19 year old making his debut is a bit of a different level completely yeah. uh, will he turn it around for the season for them uh, well like I said at, at the top Dortmund still conceded three goals he's not going to score a hat-trick every single game because yeah. nobody does um, 
unless Dortmund stop conceding goals, there's absolutely no chance they're going to catch Leipzig and Bayern Munich. I think in general, like he's like the type of player they needed up front, like what they wanted and really also needed because he brings the physicality in there as well and like the <clears throat> like the more classical attributes of a striker as well. But yeah, as you say, like the, there's other problems why they're not on top because goal scoring was not like the main problem they did score yeah, goals yeah. it was like, like the, the, the Dortmund like, if, you, if you tie Paderborn 3-3 because you conceded three goals in the first half like, <laughs> yeah. then you don't need a striker exactly. to improve other I mean other Dortmund well. probably for the talent they've got haven't attacked as well as they could have in the first half of the season but as Helga says they've scored plenty of goals they've got Marco Royce they've got Jen Sancho and Torgan Hazard and Paco Alcacer wasn't really fit but did actually manage to score a few goals when he was fit um, obviously he won't be getting a look in now and he'll probably leave in January um, but yeah it, the Dortmund attack will probably be better now but it wasn't the problem to start with so why didn't they strengthen defence then in January uh, I think it's a hard t- I think January is always a hard time to buy people anyway oh Lewis oh. <laughs> uh, is coming out with the, the manager you, know, the, you think the they should sign your own ball tank <laughs> <laughs> he's available um, I, I don't think it's necessarily easy to go and sign players and I don't even necessarily think that Dortmund's issues at the back are to do with the players they've got I don't think Oh, it's a tactic. Oh, I think Manuel Akanji is having a terrible season, Mm. but going and signing a defender that's guaranteed to be better than him and instantly fit into the team is obviously very tricky. And I think more often than not, Dortmund get caught out because they're wide open and it's to do with where the players are on the pitch and not to do with the fact that, you know, know, I think the goals at the the weekend, the second one, Akanji's made a huge mistake. The first one, they're wide open on the counter-attack. It's like, yeah maybe Virgil van Dijk can stop it from happening but I don't think there's a centre-back out there and available that will just come in and magically fix the problems and also they have like uh, technically really good players but if the opponent team moves up and like puts high pressure on them you know when after like a goal kick for example they really struggle with that which which is kind of like but they're all like even if you go like oh like maybe defensively they are all more like offensively minded players they should be able to pass their ways out of it, but they look really, really out of place when that happens. So they're really struggling with it. And that is, yeah, like stuff that is not helped by just signing one more player, I think. I mean, it happened in the summer already as well, signing Matt Thomas for, for Dortmund. Like we already said, Matt said earlier about the fees obviously are not quite the same as the Premier League. There's a huge signing to sign Matt Thomas and he's had a brilliant season so far but even he's not coming and fixed it. I don't think Dortmund will be able to go find anyone half as good as him. Yeah. Virgil, like you say, Virgil van Dijk would be good. Well, yeah, exactly. They should have a talk yeah. with him. 250 million or something. Not, not even. No? Not no. <laughs> Final Dortmund question. Who's Gio Reyna and why is everybody getting excited about him? Claudio Reyna's son. If you remember Claudio Reyna of Manchester City and Sunderland fame. Really? And America. Yes. And America, obviously. Um, That's his... That's his son? Yes, yes, his son. Um, oh, wow. Erling Braut Haaland is the son of Alf Inge Haaland. And That's Dortmund's policy now, just sign sons? Yeah, the sons <laughs> of former Manchester City players <laughs> before Manchester City were good. Um, yeah, Giorena is... I, I, how I wonder do you what Richard's son, Richard Dunn's son is doing these days. Scoring on goals, probably. Yeah, I was just about to say, <laughs> literally scoring on practicing on goals in the garden. <laughs> uh, yeah, so... Um, Gio Reyna made his Bundesliga debut, his senior debut for Dortmund, and he is incredibly highly rated. Lucien Favre got quite excited talking about him after the game, which is incredible. <laughs> which is incredible because Lucien Favre doesn't get excited about anything. No. Um, and I think he only, you know, he just sort of said that he's a really great talent and stuff, which for him was like he was bouncing around the room telling everybody that you got to watch this kid. Okay. Um, yeah, 17 years old. We talk about Haaland coming on in that pressure. Reina was brought on when it was I think it was 4-3 when he came on the pitch that's some hell of a show of faith to put a 17 year old on the pitch when you're in that situation and you've managed to rescue the game and then you put him on anyway um, I think we'll see a lot more of him and I, I don't think Dortmund will uh, I don't think Dortmund will miss Christian Pulisic too much if you oh. if you want to think from that American perspective I think he looks like he's just Mark- as talented you mean like in marketing terms no but they rate him higher also yeah Oh, like, like as a yeah. talent. I mean, he was he was already he was signed in the summer from New York City FC, where Claudio Reyna is now the director of football. Um, at, at sixteen, and he was immediately sent on the first team 
a pre-season training camp and looked really good in pre-season obviously the first half of the season was a bit too soon he was getting used to life in Germany and he was mm. playing for the under 19s but we'll see a lot more of him especially because the Bundesliga unlike uh, the Premier League certainly I think La Liga as well the Premier League uh, the Bundesliga you have nine subs instead of seven on the bench um, so, so there's fill your of, booth. yeah there's an extra couple of spaces if you've got kids that you think are sort of on the brink so I think Reina will pretty much be with the first team for the end of the season now there's a lot of North Americans in the Bundesliga these days yeah it's the place Isn't to be it? I'm a big fan of Fonzie Davis at Bayern the name or the player big fan both <laughs> <laughs> great name and what a player what a specimen he's like 19 18 yeah and just he looks like an all-round athlete, but as well when he's on the ball, he looks really, looks really composed. And I just think for someone to move over from, you know, no disrespect to Canadian football, not I totally disrespect to um, Canadian football, Vancouver Whitecaps, mm, yep. I believe, yep. um, which is obviously the MLS still. Mm. But you know, to move over and then within the space of eighteen months, being Bayern's first team and playing games, I. And at left back as well, yeah. and, he, and he was a winger in MLS, yeah, like a really attack-minded player. He's yeah. playing at left back now, and learn you know that kind of stuff. And I just think, yeah, I'm a big fan of his. I think he's going to be really good. Helgi, you want to mention Bayern Munich's uh, transfer window because Flick wanted new players, is that right? But didn't get them. Well, he got one <coughs> yesterday. <Now>. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. Okay. was it. Like, but they were. I think everybody said it before the season already that they needed more players not like in the starting 11 necessarily they had I think the best in the league still but they needed to bolster their like their backups that they missed one player in defense which uh, Flick was asking for and Salihamidzic was basically saying nope and now it was like oh now we, we talked again I think they were just already looking and didn't want to you know reveal too much but he was publicly asking for like two more players at least uh, now they got one which was really important as well because they didn't have a right uh, defender like a right back after Kimmich moved to um midfield and I think right now they're still looking for a winger as they didn't get Zane in the in the summer so they want to have like a short term solution for that Douglas Costas like being being rumored there mm. and the players Douglas Costa for a half year loan that the other players like the what? Bayern players were, uh, were basically telling mm. hey this would be a good idea bring him back in have they seen um, him play lately he <laughs> <laughs> played um, last night actually he did quite well Oh, sorry. <laughs> I mean, it was uh, Damn, the, sorry, the Italian Cup game against Roma, but he did all right. Okay, two assists. But yeah, so they, they were suddenly having the idea that he could come back. Um, I think more what they could need as well is maybe uh, like a number six, like a holding midfielder. But um, we'll we'll see if they go for that. Now um, that Kimmich plays there as well, though, it's maybe yeah, but they're playing two, and then we have like Thiago yeah. and him, and then. Okay. I heard, I heard Martinez Upamecano was, like kind of, kind of was on the radar for Leipzig for the summer. Oh, yeah, for the summer because his contract was running out a year after that. So they, it's like the last time you know, like the typical phrase, like the last time they can make money with them. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. That's ah, I see. Huh. Bayern had to do a good deal, don't they? Well, sure. it's easy when you're twice as rich as any other team in the country. You can just, yeah, you can yeah. just approach the player like, oh, your contract runs out in one year. We'll pay you double of what what your team pays you right now if you sign now. It's like, okay. And then <laughs> and then they just wait until, you know, they, they don't have to, like the other team can like be like, oh, we outbid you. you know, like they happened with Goretzka. I think Schalke was offering him like 10 million a year even, which is outrageous. Now, with, now with Nubo as well. Yeah, and then Bayern just goes like, yeah, we offer you 15. And Bayern has like the fourth highest wages in, in football, which is crazy. If you think about like how they complain about like, oh, no, we, we like we can't compete with all the other teams. Mm-hmm. It's like no, but you can. You just you can just outbid um, mm. everybody else in the German market on on like free transfers. Like Nubel happened the same thing. Yeah, the Nubel situation is interesting, isn't it? Because that's gonna that's gonna he should be playing regularly, but he's 20, 23 years old. I think mm. has played like 30, 40 games in his in his career so far. He's gonna sit on the bench behind Manuel Neuer. No, he's Schalke, he was Schalke captain. Yeah, like made made captain of mm-hmm. one of the biggest clubs of Germany in the beginning of the season. Yeah, and then it's gonna be like he has to replace Neuer when he's twenty seven with like fifty or sixty <laughs> Bundesliga games. They, so is he gonna sit on the bench for four years? Why didn't he just stay Schalke? That's that's what nobody understands. No, not four years. How about well, three? how long? How many more years do you reckon Neuer could play? Well, Neuer. He His contract, contract runs out next season. That is true, but they were very close to renewing it until 2023. Oh. And I think it would be a big risk to just be like, again, yeah, Neuer can leave in a year and we take Nubel. Like, he has like, 30, 40 games. He has made some big mistakes mm. already. Like, he, he 
he seems really good on the line, but he has like some other troubles there, like which is normal for such a young player. But that's exactly why he should be playing way more at the moment than he would be at Bayern. Like maybe he, Neuer can teach him a few things in training. Yeah, but training is—it's always like it's not, you know, <laughs> it's not a game. I know it's not a mean. game. And there was also reports that uh, his agent had negotiated with Bayern that he's contractually guaranteed 15 games a season, which German obvi- cup. which obviously, like Manuel Neuer, is not going to take too kindly to. Yeah, yeah. Right. Like if you throw in like, like German cup, yeah. And- do you think Manuel Neuer like the? uber competitive World Cup winning goalkeeper is going to go ah oh, yeah sure let him have a few of those home games he never let stuff. Ulreich play any cup game not even against like fourth yeah, league yeah that's league true teams. as well like, Neuer's he, he doesn't surely let... the manager can just say to him look sit down I'm playing yeah sure the club captain is going to be like yeah that's fun <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right like, it's, it's going to be it's going to be problems there like, either Nübel on the Nübel side that he's not playing enough or just not happy with the amount of games or Neuer is going to get pissed off for being benched in some games like okay it's gonna be fun no that it's always fun when you see those sort of situations <laughs> um are we taking it as red that uh leipzig are going to be champions i'm not for sure <laughs> they, have four, they have four points why not uh, why aren't you sure uh, i don't know like there's these other teams no but they keep winning that is true but they also still have 16 games to go and okay. only have four points uh, so four points ahead but i want to know and we sort of talked a little bit about this in the office the other day how bad would it actually be if they won the league i wouldn't like it let's <laughs> just say it like that but i know a lot of people would be upset that is true i am in general like yeah there is plenty of of hatred against them i really dislike them as well because but for me it's more like i think it is a very unfair situation in the bundesliga that is worse than anywhere else right now because there's like supposedly we have the 50 plus one rule where you know teams can get taken over by investors but then we have four teams where there's you know <coughs> exceptions to the rule which they don't play with the same rules as the others which is leipzig hoffenheim uh wolfsburg and by leverkusen who all have investors that have been pumping money into it in a rate that nobody else has without an investor so we already have a quite shitty situation in the in the Bundesliga like that, where the other teams can't compete with that on a like equal level. And now Leipzig winning the league on on the one hand, yeah, it's it's kind of good that Bayern's reign of like seven uh, years in a row, row winning it is being is being interrupted at least. But on the other hand, I feel it's it's coming from an unfair. Um, yeah, situation for for Leipzig where they can just invest way more than anybody anybody yeah. else. Just really quickly as well, it's it's even different to that the situation Helga mentioned from the other three clubs. They don't. Um, so Leverkusen, Hoffenheim, and Wolfsburg sort of <laughs> explore the loophole with investment um, because they were set up as clubs f- like factory clubs. Like mm. you know, you work for mm-hmm. Volkswagen. This is the team of yeah. the people who work for Volkswagen. Um, was Kevin De Bruyne fixing cars when he played for Wolfsburg? <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't doing a very good job because Dieselgate was around the, around the time. Um, but yeah, so it's just sort of like an old rule that existed that these clubs could exist and investors from the companies could pump money in if they wanted to. Um, whereas everyone else in Germany, 51% of the club has to be owned by members. In Leipzig's case, they just don't really let anyone join as a member, so they oh, yeah, they, they okay. have this facade of yeah, they got like fifteen of, of the fifty plus one rule, but only like they just completely yeah um, stop people from joining as members, so that fans don't actually have a say. I mean, in Germany, it was already huge opposition and protest to the way that Wolfsburg and and Hoffenheim rose through the leagues. Um, and Leipzig sort of they explored a loophole I would say Leipzig sort of drove a truck through the actual rules and, <laughs> and, and, and then, really yeah. completely took advantage was it the same it. didn't Wolfsburg win the league a couple of years ago yeah it's true mm. but also was like, it the same reaction to that or was it a bit more a little, a little bit less because you were already like you had those two teams that had like the, the extra rule kind of like for them because they existed before and then mm. you had Hoffenheim and uh, Leipzig where they created these constructs after these rules were already in place and they kind of ah, like yeah. okay. like they broke the existing rules whereas the other two didn't like they the rules were like that that was fine for them to like 
to just get up there. Yeah, it's considered way worse than than Hoffenheim or, or than Leverkusen or Wolfsburg winning the league, definitely. And, and on top okay. of it, Leipzig is like there's even more stuff. Like it's like it's kind of like we can get even more deeper. Like they have farm teams that nobody else has. Like they have the Salzburg team, they have the, the New York team. They're building a team in Brazil. Liefering in Austria. Yeah, the, the yeah. Liefering that is the farm team of Salzburg. Yep. Like they they create these this mm. this like massive concept in the world where the other clubs are literally only there so they can um, they can have the talents that are not good enough for Bundesliga train them and then when they're good enough they're coming like it's not always working like as we see in Holland but they had like 20 transfers in the last five years coming from Salzburg to mm. to the um, Brazil one is uh, interesting Leipzig. isn't it that they would go mm. they would go so far afield and I mean it makes sense you yeah. can see why yeah. they would do it there's a lot of talent there yeah but literally they had the same sporting director for Leipzig and uh, Salzburg at one point and then the UEFA like it was hilarious when they were playing in the same group and UEFA goes like oh no but this they, no they're completely separate clubs like they used to have the same sporting director just two years ago like what, what are you talking about like this is that's like the big problem with Leipzig that yeah like I think it's just a very unfair situation where it's like yeah like it would be in that sense terrible that they win the league like being re being rewarded for this basically to sort of embody just the level of opposition in mm. Germany Union Berlin played uh, in Leipzig <coughs> at the weekend and fans marched towards the stadium with uh, all, all, all in black with a giant banner that said football is die uh, football dies in Leipzig mm. like this is the place that football has died Berliners wearing black is not unusual but I guess the, yeah. the, the banner well, the banner the Kupenik, so. Kupenik. Uh, on the <laughs> Kupenikers on the so. other side of Berlin away from Union is of course our beloved Hertha the big city club the big city club <laughs> who are not doing too well at the moment or at least have some interesting things to talk about right that is true yeah like they like overall they are not doing well right now that is true like they they had some games in the end of the the first half of the season where they um, were winning even though it was terrible terrible football to watch like they Basically, since Klinsmann has joined them as a coach, they have just started to just sit back and hope for the best. And for like three, four games, it did work out with a, I think you said it was eight points in four games. Eight points in four games. And yeah. now... They won in Frankfurt. Yeah. And now they they lost 4-0 against Bayern and just looked completely shit. Like, I don't know how <laughs> else to say no, it. You can curse on this podcast. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah, okay. I was actually wondering, but it's like... No, but... It's no other way to describe it. They they were not attacking at all. When they had the ball, they just kicked it forward and hope, like, hoped they wouldn't come back. They were outrun by Bayern, which is also fun if you were if you're looking at like Bayern had like 68 percent uh, possession and they still outrun them. Like this is just <laughs> not looking great. And like uh, like not just like in distance covered, but like in sprints, in intensive runs, they were completely outrun by them. It's like how does that happen when you don't have the ball? Like you you like you have to run after it like, but it's, yeah so they they don't look great on on the pitch even though they were getting some points in the, in the last games mm -hmm. and but Bayern like really showed their their struggles which is interesting because to like now to the, the kind of like joke of big, big city club the, which is they had an investor coming in uh during the first half of the season he invested over 200 million into uh, like he paid them to over 200 million for 49.9% of the shares of the club, the 50 plus one rule. And it looks like they're really bottling this because the idea is like Klinsmann was saying, we want to be challenging for Champions League or the championship within three to five years and play Europa League like in like one or two, which then they spent 45 million, which again, doesn't sound like a lot mm. for, for Premier League standards, but for Bundesliga, that is quite, quite high in the last summer for players that really did not help them. Like the best new transfer they got was, was Derek Boyata, who came on a free. And like they wasted 20 million on Luke uh, Bakio, who didn't really like do much for them, like like three or four goals maybe. Yeah, they they brought in Wolf from from Dortmund and have like a buyout clause for like for like 20, 20 million, million, which they hopefully will not <laughs> pay. Or like you probably well. will think they they will. <laughs> But they, they really wasted a lot of money, and now they're going for Toussaint of, of uh, Lyon, like, which co co uh, like, he could cost them 35 million. And that's not the player they need to like, completely transform how they play or like, their game. Like, he's 
solid midfielder, you know, if you, even for an ambitious team, but he's not going to be turning around mm. your, your fate there. You should so buy they, Jerome Boateng. <laughs> they couldn't do that. They're, they're just one team I can't get behind, Hertha. No matter how things, how bad things are for my team, I always just think, thank God we're not Hertha. Yeah. I just, and that's coming from a Tottenham yeah, fan. Yeah, they're just, they're just a nothing. The only club I compare them to is Watford. Watford are just a nothing club. Why are you hating on Watford? Because there's no like Watford way or Watford style. Yeah, Watford, it is. It's, sack, just... it's sacking your manager every couple <laughs> yeah, of months. Yeah, well, then Hertha are Watford. Hertha are the Watford of the, of the, of <laughs> they the Bundesliga. Had, they had the same coach for like four years, nothing. five years. No, hold on. That that game... Watford, Watford did that amazing thing in, against... Who was it against? Exactly. Yeah, that's that's in the championship. That sums, that with, sums with Troy Deeney. Yeah. <laughs> he scored the goal yeah. for two a team. Yeah, yeah. The, the fact that you had to go, they had that amazing. Who was it against? That is so. Yeah, yeah but it's the opposition. Thing. I don't I think care you've about just yeah, proven But but it's it's like you're telling me that the greatest thing Watford have done this century was a goal in the championship. It was against Leicester, but it, it was, was against Leicester. Leicester. Yeah. But like, yeah, her her two are the same. That game sums it up. Just a little bit of kicking, a little bit of running, yeah. a little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little bit of transfers. There's nothing actually going on. They're never I interesting to watch. If, if, so if only void people, of direction that it would only, infuriate me. If only people could see the disgust on that. Yeah, it's furious. Oh, I've been to like, the stadium twice and that's as an away fan. Is it, I feel like <laughs> he's been friend. waiting months for somebody to bring mm, up her to. No, no. I talk about it in the office not on the video because no one cares they're just such like a meh the, the one player look at him he's still going this yeah. is it the final bit the one yeah, player on. that sums up Hertha sums up being average and just a bit of nothing is Solomon Kalou I knew he were going to say yeah. that <laughs> that just the fact that they still rely on him for goals at, how is he 32 but he's not, no, he's, he's not playing right now like right. he's, he's going to leave but he's like 35 I think and right? he's on like a massive contract and I guarantee you the best return he ever got for goals was something like 7 Nah, he, he had more. No, he, he had like a good uh, season for for Hertha. When they got into the Europa League, maybe. Yeah, yeah, maybe yeah, once. Yeah, in, he had one good just season. Just so yeah. bang rubbish average. stadium too. You're oh, it's never cold. full, and oh, uh, it's cold in May. If you ever come to Berlin, check out Union Berlin, not Hertha. Go to Dynamo Berlin. Go to Dynamo. Go anywhere but Hertha. Please not go to Dynamo. Don't go to Dynamo. That's a joke. Go to TB Berlin. You know, watch some amateur football in a park somewhere. TB Berlin. Yeah, come watch my team. <laughs> Come watch Matt play. Do you still play on top of that building? Is that where you play the home games? Oh, that's no, that's one of our away games. Oh, that's the away games. That's, co- that's um, Copa Sator, right? Benny's home pitch. Oh, that's Benny's home pitch. Yeah. Oh, you're not on the same club? No, no, we're different teams. Oh, I thought it was the same club. Yep. All right. Anyway, that's enough hatred against uh, Hertha Berlin. <laughs> uh, there was a round of midweek fixtures in the Premier League. Mm. Would you believe? One of which was Chelsea versus Arsenal. Which leads me to the question, who's worse? Mustafi or David Luiz? I can't believe you're even asking that question. It's David Luiz, isn't it? <laughs> it's definitely not. David Luiz has been really good lately yeah. for Arsenal. But, like really, really good. Maybe um, you could, because uh, Mustafi is famously a World Cup winner. One of the worst yeah. World Cup winners yeah. of all time. Infamously. But why Why has, I mean, where has this come from? Because you, you don't go from being a World Cup winner to being rubbish. What's yeah, the, what's interestingly, he spoke about that actually. He said like, when he's had some rough times and he's been like admirably open about his mental health and sort of the impact of being terrible and fans abusing you and stuff. And then he said like, he, he sort of managed to stay strong because he would go home and his wife would say to him like, don't listen to those people like you're you're obviously here you've played for Valencia you're playing for Arsenal you've won a World Cup like you you must have something mm. and that's it's hard though yeah like I think I don't know it's it's I think quite easy to be angry and every time he makes a mistake for your club because it's because it makes you angry um, it's infuriating but uh, I mean the, the mistake he made at Stamford Bridge on Tuesday I just I honestly just felt bad for him like on a, a, it was a shock like, on like a personal level uh, I, I don't know if you guys have had this before but like you just you I, it's not, I'm not that I don't want him to play because I don't want him to play anymore I don't but I, I don't want him to play for himself like it's take a break oh, it's yeah. just horrible sit this one down champ he did make up for it with an assist though oh yeah yeah <laughs> um, yeah so yeah. you know that uh, is yeah he's and you know what as well like credit to him for the second half he was great and you were playing with 10 men playing next to Granite Xhaka who's obviously not a centre back you'd 
you don't I don't get how this happens how he's apparently still mentally strong enough to then actually play really well for the rest of the game mm. but every game it seems like he has well, I feel sorry for him a, mass, really, a well, massive shocker in him I just want to give him a, him a hug yeah <laughs> oh. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's it's an odd one. Uh, David Luiz has been great for Arsenal. I think he made a mistake. I think he should just basically let Tammy Abraham score and try and play the rest of the game one 0 down eleven v eleven yeah. instead of taking him was down it? and giving a penalty I, I saw, away. Was it a red card though? Because I thought that triple threat rule. Stopped it wasn't there, there was cover there, wasn't it? That's why. But then I in thought, that case, he wasn't yeah. last man. Yeah, because that's no, what he pointed man, to. It's not about being last man because the goalkeeper's usually in goal, isn't he? Yeah. So yeah. I mean, that doesn't save people from getting sent off. I mean, it, it, they say denying a clear goal scoring opportunity. He definitely denied a clear goal scoring yeah. opportunity. Okay, yeah, I think yeah, you're yeah. not supposed to be sent off if the ref thinks you made a genuine attempt to play play the ball. Oh, okay. And then it should yeah, only okay. be a yellow card now so, when it's in the box. I think Donovan is sort of like, especially because he's not just gone through him. Like he, you can. He's gone for the ball, but he put his arms on him as well. And I think yeah. as soon as you do that, uh, we talked about it when we got here. Actually, we, I think you could maybe find arguments for a yellow card instead of a red, but also like a red card is you can't you can't complain like, too much fine, that you're yeah. sent off. Yeah, Shaka did okay there though. Shaka was superb. He, Will he was, they play him there from brilliant. for the next couple nah, of years? He, what's the plan? He, he quickly put paid to that in the oh, in okay. an interview after the game. And the interviewer said to him, "Jesus, Granite, you were brilliant at centre back." <laughs> Could we see more of that? And he was like, no, I'm a midfielder, mate. Oh, okay. like, no, it's not going to happen. What are, what are they going to do there then? Because they're sort of short on... They're going to go to uh, a three-man defence or something? Uh, well, so David Lewis is only banned for one game. And Socrates has been ill, but I'm assuming he'll be back for... for Arsenal don't play, fortunately, till Monday night. and gives him an extra day or two to to recover I think he'll probably be back and Rob Holding came off the bench he's only started once in the last few months mm. um, yeah but David Luiz will only be banned for one match um, and as you mentioned earlier Jerome Boateng's been linked they were linked with uh, a, a Ukrainian centre-back Mitvienko from Shakhtar Donetsk yesterday oh okay I think I'd be surprised if Arsenal don't try and get a centre-back in before the the window closes at the end of the month. Virgil van Dijk would be a great Yeah, well, he would. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I'll let Jerome them know. <laughs> uh, it was quite a good game, though, wasn't it? You know, red cards, loads of mistakes. Yeah, it was a weird Crazy one, goals. Like, I don't know. Obviously, as a fan, you watch the game slightly differently. I don't know what, what you thought. I thought it was very example, exciting, yeah. But yeah. Mm-hmm. It looked like every, everything good about a football game. Goals and penalties yeah. and red cards and it fouls. Was, and, it was nice yeah. to be on the right side if you feel like, you could, oh, we really don't deserve this. And, <laughs> mm. uh, and to and obviously, yeah, I think Chelsea have only got themselves to play. You play that long against 10 men at home, you go ahead twice. It's, I don't know how they haven't taken the points there. Well, uh, Jorginho was speaking afterwards and blamed concentration. I would have blamed Kepa. Because he's rubbish. I mean, bad slice of luck with N'Golo Kante on the first goal. Yeah, um, I just want to say that was one of N'Golo Kante's worst ever performances for Chelsea. Yeah, he wasn't good. No, no he wasn't good no. at all. That's so oh, unfortunate, yeah. just slipping like that. It is. Yeah, oh. yeah, it's just... Because yeah. not, not Martinelli had taken it, a heavy yeah. touch on it as well. Yeah, yeah. I, think yeah. That's, yeah. I think that's even what threw Kante off. I think he's like, he's preparing to run back with Martinelli and try and nick the ball. And then suddenly Martinelli has the bad touch. He's like, oh, actually, I can win it. And then he sort of changes direction too quickly and, and slips. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what, as an Arsenal fan, what you can say. Yeah, it's nice to to see the team not throw the towel in. Yeah, it's nice to see that despite not really having any chances to the very end, even when they let in an eighty fourth minute goal, they still don't just think, "Ah, oh, that's that." Then mm. we, we're we're a bit hard done by here, red card and all that. But yeah. they kept going. Um, yeah, and I, I think that was was it. Bayern's worst, weaker foot as well for the goal. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. To be yeah. fair, you can't really account for that. That's like nine times out of ten, that flies into the. There's a few times he's done it actually. Don't it? A few ten. years ago, Liverpool and Aston Villa, I think he yeah. scored with his Sorry, left did, foot. Did nobody else think Kepa was a fault for that? No. It's a weird one. I think oh, like yeah, there's a couple no. of there's a couple of defenders in his view, yeah. and I like I'm I'm not here to defend Kepa. I think he's rubbish. Oh, yeah. um, like, I'd, I'd happily tell him that as well. He's just right. not very good. Uh, but oh, he's your friend. I forgot. Yeah. Whoa. Oh. What are you saying about? Him? Oh, you can tell him for me. <laughs> <laughs> I just think like it was it was like a decent effort. It was, it was right like it was right in the corner. corner. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I think there are well, a lot most of expensive goalkeeper. I think there are plenty of goals you can blame him for mm. this okay. season, but I don't know. If that's one of them. No. Saved a little over half of his 72 shots he's faced this season. 
I feel like he's get he's getting away with it a little bit. Yeah, I think he hasn't got that much blame. A lot of people, you know, are saying it's, oh, it's not his to... fault what they paid for him. That's true. But at the same time, that doesn't mean he should allow it to be below average. Uh, if he was, I think he's actively costing Chelsea points. Yeah, which is not what you want from Which your is not even like an average goalkeeper. No, that's um, not what you want. Yeah, it's, it's not very good. And I don't think he'll be the number one there next season. The problem is they're obviously... Oh, no, you don't? No, I don't. I think they'll sign someone. The problem for them is that then they've got to try and find someone to buy him. And they're, gonna, yeah. they're, they're just going to have to accept that they're not going to get what they paid for him and, and cut their losses. That, like they're probably going to get, like, what, 10, 20 million maybe? Maybe 20, 30 million. I mean... What, do they pay 80? Yeah, but yeah, what's the point? If he's costing you points, what's the point of keeping... Like, you can't just keep him in gold just because you paid loads of money for him. No, right? but it's quite well, a drop, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah but what? But what Spurs Honestly, could they buy massively him. overpaid for him already, like double probably of what he was worth. I'd take him yeah. at Spurs, yeah. <laughs> Anything's better than Hugo Lloris. Yeah. Uh, at the bottom of the table, Norwich 17 points, then there's our beloved Watford, greatest club out there. <laughs> Bournemouth and West Ham on 23, Villa Brighton 25. Who do we fear for amongst them? Are Norwich gone already? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, oh. I, I believe so. I just think... Like I think Pookie's done really well in such a poor team, but there's only so far he can drag them, and it's not not out of the relegation zone. Okay, then we've got Watford, Bournemouth, West Ham, Villa, and Brighton. Bournemouth, personally, I yeah, think, I, I think Bournemouth have looked awful for a, a couple of months. But they really have, and with Eddie Howe saying in the last press conference that there aren't any imminent signings, and unfortunately for Bournemouth. <laughs> They're one of these places where they have such phenomenal players but can't seem to put it together. Because, you know, if if they're looking at selling, you know, Nathan Nakia and Callum Wilson are the ones that are always linked to moving away, you could probably get 100 million for them together. Yeah. Maybe, maybe 80. Because that's the price of them not going down to hold on to them. But oh, even then, mean, they're yeah. still, still not as a team. I, I can't see anyone who can make, who, who, who Bournemouth can bring in that would be at such a level to drum, turn it drum around. Drum boatings. <laughs> I, I do fear for them. I think them and... Um, well, I guess it really depends. On the I was, other, whoever I was worried the, about Villa, but that was, a, that was a key three points for them the other night. It was a key three points, and I think they've got one or two who are available to sort of turn it around, it would seem. Having said that, I've probably just made a case for two players at Bournemouth who can <laughs> as well. Mm. But I just throughout the moment, they, you know, Jack Grealish especially, sort of that moment of magic to, to really sort of turn it on and can win them points single-handedly. I'm going to say West Ham. <gasps> yeah, if they, honestly, if I think West Ham are bad, and I think David Moyes is bad, and I think they're going to get relegated. <laughs> it's as West, simple West as that. West Ham are one of these teams where you just want Alea in Dortmund. Oh well, yeah, if, yeah. if they're inconsistent, decision. West Ham, it's not so bad. Uh, you know, they get a loss and pick up the point here and there. If they get into a slump, they're really bad. If if they get into a bad run of form, then you know it is one hell of a struggle to get them out of it. And if that happens anywhere from you know March onwards, mm. then they're really like you struggle. say. They, you could see them picking up a win yeah. here and a win there. West Ham are the only team down there. I think Watford have just done it. Southampton are up to ninth for they've yeah that's won loads of games. Yeah. Watching Brighton, I think Brighton impressed me. They've not been winning, but they look good whenever mm. I see them. I think West Ham are the only team down there that isn't capable of suddenly winning three games in a row. Yeah, they they don't have good form. They're either inconsistent picking up points <laughs> or, or they're dreadful. Bad. <laughs> there, there is there oh, is God, no sure. sort of good turn of form for them. Okay, so we're hating on Watford and we're hating on West Ham. Nah, not hating on West Ham. Oh, it's no. the truth. Uh, <laughs> speaking of Aston Villa, did you see Douglas Louise's goal celebration the other day? Into the crowd. Oh, I love it. Oh, yeah, I did see that. Yeah, people need to do that it. more often. And and uh, but even better than that was Ezri Concer finding out that he didn't score the oh, winner. Yeah, and, oh, I've no. never seen a man's heartbreak live oh, on TV. Yeah. It was like that scene in The Simpsons. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what I said yesterday Whoa. to someone. Like you, that you can you can tell the exact second. He's <laughs> on, on the video yeah. now. Yeah. 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 If you saw that, so Ezri Concer thought he scored the winner for Aston Villa Point against on. Watford then he was in the interview room uh, waiting for a post-match interview with Sky and the Sky guy was on the phone with someone in I guess upstairs watching the watching the cameras and stuff and gone could you just check if that uh, if that deflected off Tyrone Mings who was also beside him yeah who was yeah. also there waiting to be interviewed he went, yeah yeah it did and Conser just like sunk to the ground <laughs> he's devastated oh, absolutely yeah, devastated it was more, great more Douglas Louise celebrations yes please yeah. did he get booked for that probably yeah, right? yeah, oh what a shame take it. Yeah. That's brilliant. But I like that it wasn't 
even like a last minute winner. It was just like one all in whatever it was. Like Sixty five minutes. It was an equaliser from like yeah. a tap in. Yeah, yeah. Died right yeah. in the crowd. And he's like, That's it. That's what I'm about now. <laughs> okay, uh, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer has he been sacked after a two nil home defeat to Burnley? That's let, oh, us, let us just you can ask that question. Yeah. <laughs> you can ask that question again next year. Oh, I could, couldn't yeah. I? Come on, people! I feel like he's in. They're in the same position that, um, even though they shouldn't be. That talking about Kepa, like you paid so much, you can't do this. It's the same thing with United. They've they've backed Solskjaer so much, they look stupid to get rid of him now. And apart from Pochettino, they look stupid keeping him. Yeah, yeah, but they're, <laughs> they're, they're in catch twenty two. But apart from Pochettino, I can't think he's going to take over. What about Pochettino? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, apart, yeah, exactly, apart but like from it him. can't be long before somebody comes in and takes Pochettino. The time is now. But that's, Get rid of that, Ole. That's the problem. Bring in Pochettino. I, I just think that there's so much more to it than just Ole Gunnar Solskjaer at United. This is Questioning the, oh, yeah, the complete, squad and the yeah, board. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, yeah. this is what I don't get, right? This, the, like, the fans moan about the board. Fine. The board are bad. The fans moan about the squad. Fine. The squad are bad. The fans can't... Like, the, you, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is bad. Why is no one moaning about him? He, he's doing he's doing a bad he's, job he there's only so much you can live but off they, they can't go and buy an yeah. entire new team they can't get the board sacked they can't mm. you know like the only thing they can yeah. do right now that would make them better probably is to sack Ole Gunnar Solskjaer and replace him with a better he manager he said they and need and hire a sporting director and that, that would be big yes. transfers yeah. Yeah. how do they not have one but, yeah. but, that, but, that, but even here. that takes time like yeah, yeah, build, no, building, right now, building yeah. a team and stuff it takes time like they would be better overnight if they sacked Ole Gunnar Solskjaer and Got Mercy Pacino in charge, for example. Yeah. Hmm. Definitely. Well, if you're listening, Ed, give it a go. No, keep him. I'm loving <laughs> it. Uh, Matt, you watched Tottenham, so the rest of us didn't have to. Yeah, I did. 2 1 win over Norwich. Oh, it was dreadful. It was like, it was, it was. <laughs> Mourinho ball. You won. It was the top. It was, I was That's all to my, you do under Mourinho, you win. I was talking to my dad beforehand. It is the Tottenham script. Oh, yeah. It is just. Play poorly, you concede a goal, and then you sort of scrape a winner or a draw. That's, that's pretty much it. There, there's been there's probably the sixth game that's happened this season. There was Sheffield United, there was Watford, there was home to Newcastle, there was because probably loads more to speak of. There was Norwich away as well. But the home game is all the same thing. And it's, I mentioned it earlier. There's so many players who nobody knows what they're playing, and there's no focal point in the attack without Kane. And it, it, it is a real issue because. Sometimes you're like, oh, okay, Lo Celso's dropping deep to pick up the ball. And the next time it's Lamella. And then it's Son. And then it's Mora. And you think, well, hold on. Who's doing what here? <laughs> I mean, I know there's fluidity in attack, but this is ridiculous. And then Jedson Fernandez comes on. And then you're like, well, hold on. Isn't he the sort of ball picker up a play pass in the midfield? It's all just, there was no one in attack. Deli Ali's goal was great and he was the only one who sort of got in the box. But I will say the one bright spot was Giovanni Lo Celso. I thought you were going to say Serge Aurier because he was good to my fantasy football team. No. Okay. Aurier, I, he had a decent game to be fair. I think the, be, the he, he wasn't fantastic, but he was decent. Lo Celso was brilliant for Spurs. Um, but I thought the most impressive player was Max Ahrens, the right back at Norwich. And there's so much talk about him moving to Spurs and a few others. Um, you know, I think it was 30 odd million or something, which is big for you know, a 19 year old who's got now a season and a half of professional football under his belt. But he was really good, really direct, won the penalty. Um, it was a split second that Spurs didn't react and he was in and he won the penalty and he certainly there was a sort of youngster battle between him and Ryan Sessegnon on the right right back and left back spot and he was really really impressive I know you hate Watford but I really like Norwich that is a nice jersey what's that got to do with Watford yeah (laughs) I don't know the best thing about Watford is Elton John Yeah, what well, that's not football related. So no, it's not football. Well, well, he did run the. He was chairman of the club for. That's a while, what I mean. Yeah, he's yeah, the best yeah. thing about that club, and he's got nothing right. to do with actual goals on the pitch. But oh. no, Max Aaron's very good, and Norwich, Norwich, unfortunately, it's just, been it's been fun. But, it's but and they brought in Rupp from Hoffenheim, and you just think in the Premier League, 
you know Helga's laughing here yeah right? in the yeah. Premier League it's just that I remembered the Twitter post yeah from, they put from it, Hoffenheim like, yeah Hoffenheim just was like oh like we were loaning or like loaning or selling no they sold him uh, the, and he's going to the last of the Premier League yeah, yeah he was <laughs> like he's <laughs> left he's <laughs> left <laughs> to join the basement boys but what I mean is you know other Premier League teams I'm not saying the top six because they're financially out of reach the rest of the league are looking at big players you want big name signings for big money and you think we're in a sticky situation here let's go to a Hoffenheim reserve right and bring him in and he'll solve the problems I mean there's a massive gulf in the level of player you're bringing in he got into the Premier League though what signing players like that is what got them to the Premier League in the first place yeah maybe that works in the championship but but I I just mean it's yeah yeah it's, it's Huddersfield tried it Huddersfield tried it last season signed God knows who from wherever they are, Steve Mooney and all these people coming in from absolutely nowhere. And no disrespect to them, there's a golfing class in the level of transfers that are being bought in and Huddersfield was shocking. It's, it's just, I think it's just decisions for the like for the future. Mm. Do you, like, do you want to end up like what Bolton and Birmingham and Blackburn have become by going big and it doesn't yeah, work yeah of course like, QPR are the yeah. biggest no. yeah, the yeah. biggest it's waste. like you know if Norwich get relegated Norwich are going to be perfectly fine mm. and that's that's the big maybe question they a ton of money they can maybe yeah. you know build up their facilities and stuff like I, that I, I get that I just think there's a, a point where you sort of you know mm-hmm. sign a proper player two, two things I would add to that Matt has obviously got a lot off his chest today and he <laughs> hates like clubs been... who play in yellow what and he hates clubs who play in yellow yeah. he does hate clubs yeah. who play in yellow that's true but I feel like it could be cathartic for you Matt it could be yeah I feel I feel cleansed Probably I'm ready to be nice to the world again. Next, next week again I get a weekly therapy yeah. Yeah. Honestly, I, 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 I feel like we're going to get a lot of hate mail this I week. would say that Jose Mourinho being Tottenham manager has infected Matt's attitude to the world one. next year when Hertha Berlin bring out a yellow away kit I will be <laughs> furious <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah. they had one back in the day that's why he hates usually the goalkeeper they had one when Sebastian Deisler was there like this he probably hates Brazil too <laughs> no I like Brazil no you like Brazil okay uh, that's all from us today my thanks to Matt Helga and Lewis we'll be back next week but should you miss us in the meantime you can listen to the back catalog on iTunes SoundCloud Spotify wherever it is you get your podcast hit and if you want to get in touch send any hate mail to Matt and yeah. the address to do so is podcast at onefootball.com 